Welcome to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin Solomon, Senior Rabbi of Congregation Beth Hillel in Roswell, Georgia. Beth Hillel is one of the largest Messianic Jewish synagogues in the world and provides a place where Jewish people can find the Messiah, Yeshua, Jesus in Hebrew, and retain their Jewishness. It's also where Gentiles worship and embrace the roots of the faith in drawing closer to God. Click the link in the description to support this ministry or to view our YouTube channel. Let's join Rabbi Kevin now as he shares this word from Scripture. It is a special day. It is Simchat Torah, the day that we rejoice in the Torah, a day when we read from the end of the Torah and then cycle all the way back to the beginning of the Torah. Oh, there's something beautiful and cyclical about this that really is indicative of our journey through life. And it's instructive to understand also the never-ending nature of study of the Word of God. Amen? And it's also beautiful to celebrate the Word of God and its centrality in our lives. Y'all, the Word of God should be at the center of our lives. Why? Uh, We know that the Word of God, from it there is life. And we know that Yeshua is the Word, right? And so that we know that we place Him, when placing Him at the center of our lives, we are placing His Word at the center of our lives. So Simchat Torah is absolutely beautiful. At the same time, we recognize and know that Simchat Torah is a tradition. Now, it is ancient. Uh, in, In fact, not the same Simchat Torah itself, but the tradition of dancing before the Lord on Shemini at Seret likely goes back to the time of Yeshua. So Yeshua himself on Shemini at Seret probably danced before the Lord. But we're not here today simply out of tradition. For God commanded us to be here today to complete the holiday of Sukkot. Leviticus chapter 23. Today is Shemini at Sirat, meaning the eighth day of the assembly. So we are here today, not just purely out of tradition, which can be beautiful uh, as long as it supports the word of God, but also out of an explicit command uh, that you all are participating in today fully. Uh, and, and how so? Because we know that we are supposed to be assembling together on the eighth day of Sukkot, explicitly. Leviticus 23, verse 36, it says, For seven days you are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. The eighth day will be a holy convocation to you. You are to bring an offering by fire to Adonai. It is a solemn assembly. You should do no laborious work. It's a Shabbat, skipping all the way, or skipping down a couple verses to verse 39. So on the 15th day of the seventh month, when you have gathered to, uh, in the fruits of the land, you are to keep the Feast of Adonai for seven days. The first day is to be a Shabbat rest, and the eighth day will also be a Shabbat rest. So what does the scripture teach us? It teaches us that there should be a closing special assembly on the eighth day 
and it is a Shabbat. And we're fulfilling both of these by being here today. In doing so, we are completing Sukkot, the eighth day of the assembly goes from sundown today to sundown tomorrow. And so we are fulfilling an explicit biblical command to be here on uh, as assembling together on this special day. And eighth, on the eighth day, eighth days are very important in Scripture. If you know, God, God uh, does have certain things associated with numbers and such. And on the eighth day, for example, the sacrifices of the firstborn animals were eligible to be given to the Lord. For seven days, Aaron and the priests were inducted into service through the ordination period. And on the eighth day, they began their ministry. Leviticus chapter 14 talks about the eighth day being the day when people with different diseases were declared clean and their offering was received. On the eighth day, as you all know, a, a Jewish male child is to be circumcised through the Brit Malah, the Brit Malah, right? We know that the number eight is very important in biblical numerology, eight meaning new beginnings. It really is symbolic of a new beginning. I pray that today is a new beginning for each of you in your lives. Someone say amen. amen. On Shemini at Sarah, we have our closing special assembly of Sukkot. Sukkot is in the process of coming to an end. We have rejoiced in our harvest. We talked about that last Shabbat and, and uh, era of Sukkot, if you remember. We've remembered the Lord for giving us rain. And I know that some of you said, wow, uh, it, it was great weather this week, except for, whoo, boy, Wednesday, my sukkah took it. <laughs> I think it was Wednesday. That it was just, it, it's, it rained like crazy, and everybody said, hey, that's part of it. That's actually a blessing. It's considered a blessing. We pray for rain during Sukkot. Okay, and so, uh, so I think that for sure, Simcha Torah is a great way to thank God, to thank God for the harvest. It's a final thank you here. Remember, remember that the next major biblical festival is Passover. That's the next one on the calendar, y'all. You know, yes, there's Hanukkah and Purim, but the next biggies from the Torah is Passover. That's a long way from now, right? And so rejoicing in the Torah, God's word, is a great thing to do on the last feast of the season. It's, it's almost like we're saying to God, God, here we are. And until we gather together again for a special biblical feast, we know that we have God's word to rely on. Isn't that beautiful? I mean, the, the symbols there are just outlandishly gorgeous. And as we focus on the Word of God today, we need to know how important God's Word is in our daily lives. If, friends, if you are not putting the Word into you regularly, then you're starving yourself of spiritual nourishment. We need the spiritual nourishment of the Word of God. This is life-giving. The Word of God is life-giving to us. Someone say amen. We're going to be looking today at, at something very interesting. You can turn to Deuteronomy. Because in our times of need, beloved, we need to turn to the Word. But, if, but we can't turn to it if we don't know it. 
you got to know the word in order to be able to turn to it. You know what I'm saying? In other words, to to have familiarization enough with the scripture so that when you're going through something, you can say, hold on, there's something in the word of God about this that can bless me and that can touch me. Mm. And it's Shemini Atzeret, of course, the eighth day of, of Sukkot. And during Sukkot, what do we do? We're remembering in part that we have the booths. We have a beautiful booth out there, our sukkah here at Bethlehem, and each of you have Sukkot in your own lives. And we remember how God provided for us when we were wandering in the desert for 40 years. That's part of the story of Sukkot, how God provides for us when we were wandering in the desert. Well, in Deuteronomy chapter 8, the children of Israel are there and are being reminded by God of the true source of what sustains them. And so here, here they are, you know, the children of Israel had wandered and, and, and wandering, and, uh, and, and what's the source of provision for them? Well, Deuteronomy chapter 8 answers that question. Verse 3, chapter 8, verse 3, Deuteronomy 8, verse 3, it says, He, speaking of God, He afflicted you and let you hunger. Then He fed you manna, which neither you nor your fathers had known, in order to make you understand that man does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of Adonai. Someone say amen. Woo! Okay. Y'all, this is some beautiful stuff. This is some beautiful stuff. You don't live by bread alone. All of us eat. All of you ate today. It's not a fast day. In fact, it's a day of great celebration. It's a feast. Hopefully, all of you have been eating well this week here in your sukkah and such. But as much as, as you have to eat to live, that's not really how you live. No, no, man does not live by bread alone. And you know, it's interesting because you can turn to Matthew chapter 4, close to 1,500 years later, close to 1,500 years later, Yeshua, our Moshiach, right Greg? He was being tempted by the devil, Hasatan, in the desert. And, And he was being tempted on a number of different things. And let's pick up the story and see what happens here in Matthew chapter 4, verse 1. It's very instructive and connects us completely to Simchat Torah. Verse 1, Then Yeshua was led by the Ruach, by the Spirit, into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. After he had fasted for 40 days and 40 nights, Oh, 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 sorry. (laughs) Yeshua, he was hungry. And when the tempter came to him, he said, If you are Ben Elohim, the Son of God, tell these stones to become bread. But he, being Yeshua, replied, It is written, Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Wow, does that sound familiar at all? It should. We just read it in Deuteronomy chapter 8. Wow, guess what? Yeshua knew the Torah. Some, some places want to throw out the Old Covenant. That's exactly what Yeshua used to combat the adversary here. And it's time after time after time that we hear things quoted from the Tanakh in the New Covenant. 
Very, very interesting, my friends, beloved. Even Messiah Yeshua himself quoted scripture in order to battle the temptation of the adversary. It is written. It is written, that's what he said. These are words that we should know. It is written. If we really get this, it will help us ward off attacks from the adversary. Do you, do you see this here? There is great power in the word of God. Our Messiah Yeshua himself reveals this to us. Let's continue in Matthew chapter 4, verse 5. It says this. Then the devil took him into the holy city, this is Jerusalem, and placed him on the highest point of the temple. If you are Ben Elohim, the son of God, he said, throw yourself down, for it is written, he shall command his angels concerning you, and upon their hands they shall lift you up, so that you may not strike your foot against a stone. Oh, hold on here. We're getting some complex warfare happening. Hello, my friends, watch out. That was the adversary talking right there. Ah, it's important to note, friends, the devil knows scripture too. Hasatan, the adversary, he, your adversary knows scripture too. He was going with Psalm 91 right there. That was from Psalm 91. He was quoting Psalm 91 to Yeshua. Watch out, watch out, Yeshua. That, that's, that's, a, that's a sucker punch. That's a, he's trying to get a sucker punch in on Yeshua with that one. Oh, he was like, okay, well, you know, Yeshua, he said, okay, Yeshua can, can jive and dodge my, my temptations. Well, how about this? I'm going to throw a scripture at him. Whoa, whoa, what's going on there, my friends? The adversary will try to twist the word of God or to take it out of context. This is one of the techniques of the adversary when it comes to spiritual warfare, is that sometimes he will try to twist or take out of context scriptures. Beloved, be aware, there is so much bad theology out there. So much bad theology. Be careful. This is one of the reasons why when I hear sometimes people say, Oh, well, I listen to this person and this person and this person and this person. I get my fill of, uh, of godly uh, teaching. And it's like, whoa, how many did you just list? That's probably not healthy to get so many diverse opinions all going through your head. Please, God, all of them are okay. But with each one, you increase the chance that you're going to get some bad theology coming in also. People who take obscure verses intended to mean one thing and generalize them into so much more. That's exactly what Hasatan did here. He took verses really meant for one thing and interpreted them to mean something different. This is all over the internet, friends. I mean, I, I, I could list examples for days of this kind of mis- interpretation of scripture, if you will. Scripture that's taken out of context. Scripture errors, if you will. Errors such as saying that you must be baptized to be saved. That's, that's a good example of one. Here some people say you have to be baptized to be saved. Nope. Errors such as 
that all Gentile believers are fully obligated to follow all commands given in the Torah that were specifically given to the Jewish people. You hear that error all the time. That's an error. That's wrong. That's, a, that's a, something out of context. Errors such as believing that God is done with the law and the prophets and that Yeshua came to start a new religion. No, no, friends, that's wrong. These are all the same as what the devil did here to Yeshua. Twisted God's word. So, beloved, be careful. Not all that glitters is gold. Don't buy in too quickly to some odd theology just because it has a scripture attached to it. Context and the full counsel of the word of God is key. Context and the full counsel of the word of God is key. So how did Yeshua reply to this misappropriation of Psalm chapter 91? Matthew chapter 4 verse 7, Yeshua said to him, Again, it is written, you shall not put Adonai your God to the test. Wow. Hold your hand in Matthew 4, but go to Deuteronomy chapter 6. Again here, Yeshua goes to the scripture to combat his adversary, taking even the word of God out of context. How very interesting. Wow, that was a word battle right there. That was a Bible battle. Where the adversary, Hasatan, tries to take God's words, the word of God, and twist them and take them out of context in order to try to manipulate Yeshua. And how does Yeshua confront and, and battle and what is his counter move it's also with the sword the word of God he says no it is written Deuteronomy chapter 6 verse 16 you are not to test Adonai your God as you tested him at Massah so Yeshua quotes Deuteronomy again and that's right after the Shema. You know, we read Shmuel, read the, read the Shema a little bit earlier in the Viahafta. This is right after all that, Deuteronomy 6, 16. You were not to test on it. This is exactly, wow, Yeshua knew the Torah. Of course. But recognize this, beloved. The devil, Hasatan, does not give up easily. He does not give up easily. He doesn't say, oh boy, you beat me in the thumb war. Okay, well, I guess you win. You know, he's... He'll, rock, paper, scissors, he'll keep wanting to go. You know, you win one, he'll say best of three. You win best of three, he'll say best of five. You win best of five, he'll say best of seven. He's, he's not gonna try, to, he's gonna try not to give up, my friends. He's gonna try to, to win, but, but he's got a losing hand. He's got a losing hand. Matthew chapter four, keep your hand in Deuteronomy six, by the way. To uh, recognize this, my friends, Matthew four, verse eight, it says this. Again, the devil takes him to a very high mountain and shows him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, he said to Yeshua, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Then Yeshua says to him, get away, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship Adonai your God and him only shall you serve. Yeshua once again goes to the Torah, once again goes to Deuteronomy, Deuteronomy 6, verse 13, also right after the Shema, right after the Vihafta. and what does it say in Deuteronomy 6, 13? You must fear Adonai your God and serve him 
and swear by his name. He keeps quoting the word of God. He keeps quoting, in this case, Deuteronomy, 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 the Torah. What does he say? Time after time after time after time again, when, when he's tempted, he says three words. It is written. It is written. It is written. Have you ever thought about this? Why didn't Yeshua just simply start out by saying to Hasatan, go away, Satan, be done with it? Listen, he could have. He could have called down heaven itself to take out Hasatan. Why is it that Yeshua even subjected himself to this temptation when he clearly did not have to? I was doing some time thinking about this. Why is it that Yeshua even subjected himself to this? I think that there are a couple of key reasons why Yeshua allowed himself to go through this. First of all, he was all God, but he was all man. You know, Hebrews 4.15 says that Yeshua can sympathize with our weaknesses because he too was tempted, yet he was without sin. He emptied himself to relate to you and me. I think that's one. But the second reason here is in doing so, he teaches us an important way to overcome temptation. He teaches us an important way to overcome temptation. Beloved, after fasting for 40 days and 40 nights, what is the first thing that the adversary tempts him with? Food! Scriptures say that he was hungry. But when that temptation came, Yeshua turned to scriptures. It is written. It is written. It is written. He gives us here a model by which we can achieve victory in our lives. I want for you to be thinking about this whenever it happens within your life that you are tempted or whenever you have a need in your life. Yeshua gives us a form and fashion that we should tend to go toward for victory. And that is, it is written. That is the word of God. Because there's victory within. There's victory. And in this way, it totally relates to Simchat Torah. Everything from Matthew 4 about Yeshua combating the adversary in that mountain temptation outside of Jericho relates to Simchat Torah. Because the more we have joy in the word of God... Simchat Torah, the joy of the word, the joy of the law. The more we know the word, the more we can fight the good fight and win. Now, we're going to take just a moment here. I'm going to ask Dara if you could come back up just to play quietly, just Dara right now. And I just want you to play quietly for just a minute. And I want to ask something a little bit different that I don't typically do. Because as I examined this, in, Deuteron in, in, in Matthew chapter 4, two out of the three references Yeshua made when Yeshua said, it is written, were from Deuteronomy 6. All three of them were from Deuteronomy, all three references when Yeshua said, it is written, that he referenced. But two out of the three were actually from Deuteronomy chapter 6. And what we're going to do is this. We're going to take just a few minutes. It is Simchat Torah. And I want for you 
in just a minute, and I'll let you know when. I want you to pull out your Torahs, and I want you to read Deuteronomy chapter 6. So everybody turn to Deuteronomy chapter 6. It will be pretty familiar to you because it includes the Shema. It includes the Viahafta that we do every Shabbat here at Bethelel. Uh, and it includes the scriptures we've already read, but it includes other things also. Don't start reading it yet. We're going to take a few minutes, and, and if you're watching online, I want you to take out your Bible. It might be your, your smartphone, of course, it's fine. And, and get ready to read Deuteronomy chapter 6. And the keyboardist here is going to play for a few minutes. I want you to read it slowly. I want you to read it Simchat Torah. It only makes sense for each of us to spend time in the Word today. And so I want you to read Deuteronomy 6 slowly. And when you do, I want you to ask the Lord, Lord, please show me something for me. And, and let what you read speak to you today. And so as you read it, before you read it, dear God, and I'll, I'll pray for you even now. Dear God, I pray for each person as we read Deuteronomy chapter 6. And Lord God, I pray that you speak to us, that you say something to each individual person in here as they silently read Deuteronomy chapter 6 at their own pace. Lord, uh, and not rushing through it, Lord, but you will reveal something to them. It might be part of your nature. It might be something that they need to do in their lives. It might be a place of encouragement or victory. Whatever it is, something they need to be doing more of. So whatever it is, God, I pray that you touch each and every person today who's going to be reading from Deuteronomy chapter 6. So we're going to take just a couple minutes and let's all read silently Deuteronomy chapter 6 at home. If you're watching on the internet, please yourself read Deuteronomy chapter 6 right now. And then we're going to come back and get ready to celebrate. Ooh, the celebration's coming.
thank you, Lord. Thank you for speaking to us through your word, Lord, because that's where the action is. That's where victory can be achieved. That's where you can teach us great and mighty things. Thank you, oh Lord. You are a good God. We love you. We love you. Thank you, God, for showing us. It's interesting because clearly Deuteronomy and Deuteronomy 6, as a side note, uh, you know, each of us has our favorites, and who knows, that might be Yeshua's favorite chapter in the whole Bible. Why? Because he quotes it multiple times when he's being tempted. Also within, he recounts that the Shema and the Viahavta as the greatest commandment. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, you know, and, and then love your neighbor as yourself, right? Uh, and so Deuteronomy 6 is very special to Yeshua. I hope that the Lord said something to you today or you received something from the Lord from one of his favorite passages in Deuteronomy chapter 6. And if you're going to truly celebrate God's word, you have to know it. And if you do, it is powerful and can be used in spiritual warfare like nothing else. And that's why the title of my message today is, It is Written. Amen. Thank you, Lord. Praise God. Thank you for listening to this week's message from Rabbi Kevin. Please like, subscribe, and share this link with a friend. We would be grateful to receive your tax-deductible gift to further the good news of Messiah Yeshua. To make a contribution, please click on the PayPal link in the description. Also, to view our regular services, click the link in the description for our YouTube channel. If you would like more information about Yeshua the Messiah, or how you can become part of our Bethlehem family, please visit our website at www.bethlehem.org. That's B-E-T-H-H-A-L-L-E-L.org. Or call 770-641-3000. If you are in the metro Atlanta area, please visit us for an Arab Shabbat service, Friday nights at 8 o'clock, or Shabbat services Saturday mornings at 11. God bless and shalom. Nine, 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 nine.